Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name, we thank you and praise you for who you are and for all that you've done for us. And and Lord, I ask that you would um, give us the grace to allow you to break in to our lives in ways that we don't expect, in ways that we don't always recognize. Lord, help us to welcome the gift of disruption. Uh, And Lord, give us the grace of humility. Help us to recognize that humility is often a doorway that, um, that you use to help us to grow in faith. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you like how I was teaching God during that prayer? Uh, you're so good at that. <laughs> and Lord, just we just thank you. Help us to recognize that you use humility to help us. Thank you, Lord. Just teaching God in prayer. Oh my goodness, that is funny. When people use prayer as their little lecture podium to, to give a teaching. That's not what I intended to do, folks. Uh, well, today in the program, Carrie, you and I have got some stories to tell, uh, and I was thinking of, like, what's the theme that overarches, that sort of covers a lot of the things that we're talking about? And it was the theme of disruption. That's kind of uh, what came to me. Like, when people think of something gets disrupted, uh, you can think of it in an engineering format and all that, but it's like, it's someone comes in and breaks the pattern. Someone comes in and changes the, the the course of things. And uh, I think that in a lot of ways, it takes a disruption in order for us to uh, change courses in our lives, to experience conversion, to, to grow, maybe especially in things that we didn't even realize needed to grow. And how do those disruptions come about? Fights. Fights. Conflicts. Conflicts. <laughs> Why thinking. did you do? Why did you go there? What was? Why was that the entry point? For well, the I thought thing? that just you kinda, were like, going to put it right out there. I thought you were going to say other reasons, like oh, really? Psychological, sociological. I don't know, human. No, no, Carrie. Let's call this personal or interpersonal. Um, I didn't do a, an in-depth study of disruption as a path to personal growth. <laughs> I think it's more just reflecting on our daily lives. So if I stopped and let's put it in in simple terms, what's different about how I'm living today as compared to three weeks ago? There are some fundamentally different things. Really, it's kind of funny, like fundamentally different things regarding how I'm living today as compared to three weeks ago. I'll, I'll just give you two of them. Well, you can give me two of them. No, you can give me two of them. Okay, great. So one of and them is... And I'll give is, you two other ones. Well, I'm going to the gym on a daily basis, if not more than that, if not um, every other day, uh, if, if, if not twice a day. Like, I'm going to go to the gym tonight. Ta-da, after we're done recording. How about that? That's awesome. And I went earlier in the day. So, um, so that's one. I'm going to the gym and working out. And the second is, I have cut back my smartphone use by way more than 50%, way more, because of um, the apps that I've pulled off of the, um, because of the apps that I've pulled off of my phone, 
my own use of the phone has gone down a ton. Those are two really big changes that I can identify between my life in the last year and my life in the last two weeks. Do you think it's partly due to summertime? It was a little more easygoing, relaxing, summertime no, vacation? No, I had nothing to do with that. It had to do with our fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> Was it a fight? Well, what was it? A, uh, gosh. It was an attack? An attack. A spiritual oh, yeah. attack. I love blaming Thank the you. devil. The devil that works so much better for us. Nice, nice. It was, um, I think it was, hey, what was the word? Disruption? Frustration leads to disruption. Hmm. I think that there was a degree of frustration in our relationship, and it came more to a head. And it um, it had to do with, um, it had to do with, well, my lifestyle and how that was impacting me um, in my day-to-day. I'm gaining weight, and am I spending too much time on my phone? Like, these are things that are pretty, pretty common. And it's easy for me to say, oh, I've got reasons why I'm not doing that. It's easy, it's easy for me to say, my life is busy enough that I've got to prioritize all the things that I can do with my life. And I just run out of time. And that's, you know what that's called? Uh, is it called prioritization or rationalization? Uh, uh, yes, rationalizing. It's rationalizing one's priorities. It's because the what's the reality? The reality is you're going to do what's important to you. You do what's don't tell me what's important to you. Let me follow you around day to day. So how do you disrupt and become like? How would I? So I'm comfortable, let's say, being on my phone. How do I change that habit or be motivated or awakened to there's so much more that I could be doing with my time in my life that would fulfill call, fulfill my call, fulfill me as a mom and a wife? I mean, it's easy to go on day to day and not be awakened just to get into bad habits. Okay, so I'll give you three ways. So the first way is by listening to us tell our story. Why would I say what I just said out loud on the radio? Like, are you kidding me? Why would I disclose something like that? It's embarrassing. It's Why humbling. Did you do that? I wasn't going to say anything. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Why would I do that? To inspire others. <laughs> And why do we get inspired when we know other people struggle? Yeah, we realize we're not alone, right? When when people feel sad about their current reality, they become isolated. Thomas however, Aquinas. However, Tom, I interrupt you. Yeah. Um, Are you disrupting uh, my conversation yeah. <laughs> flow here? A lot of people that promote, let's say, healthy living styles, whether it's you know financially being healthy or relationally or how you cook or how you um, spend your time. They typically have it all put together and they have this how-to book and they are the The, the guru. Yeah. yeah, and so you look to them as a model, as being inspired. If I only do this, this, and that, I could be like this person. And that's, but that doesn't really inspire. I think that's no longer a thing. No. Or is it? It's a thing. It's, well, I told you, I could write a bestseller. Right. What do, what's the key to writing a bestseller? You have to name people's pain points. 
name their situation. If you can just name it. If you can name it better than they can. Better than they can. Oh, if you can good. name their situation with insight, they can see into their condition in such a way that as a result of reading what you're writing, they're saying, oh, he knows me. He is naming, is he reading my email? Is he looking into my diary? How does he know my secret thoughts? That's exactly what I'm feeling. But that doesn't mean they have the answers. That, <laughs> but for five ninety nine, that's for right. For well, you can get this, talk. and and tada! There's the guru. So the what does the if you look at every single, like call them uh, when I say guru, I don't mean the Hindu spiritual leader. I mean someone who's put forward as a model okay. who's going to show you the way to a higher way of living life. What do they do? They start with. This is where I was. And they paint a picture of their own life that, guess what? I don't think... It's where you are. Okay. I don't know if this is current society or my age. I may have been duped or followed so many of those authors that I no longer believe them or realize, oh, this is them trying to peddle their content and sell a book. I shouldn't be so harsh. <laughs> I should give them a little bit more... Kindness, but I don't necessarily think that's a thing anymore. I don't, I don't think. Well, it is in the business world. If you take a look at, um, like I, I, I've said this to you how many times, the, what's the easiest thing for someone to, to make money on if they're trying to market? You market to marketers on how to market. But that's it. Now, half for the coaches, you coach coaches <laughs> on how to coach. Half the time I read someone's story, they always have this, like the, the atomic habits, his backstory is amazing, or the the um, miracle morning. His story is amazing. These are people that are near death, gonna die. Everything's destitute. They've lost everything, and ta-da! Now they have the formula. <laughs> I'm so tired of reading this. And when anyone tries to even go down that mm -hmm. path, I just shut them down. I'm like, I oh, know I don't want to be manipulated into your content. I shouldn't work. It shouldn't take that much effort, but maybe their story is really good and it's entertaining. So I'm well, brought along that way. But here's the thing. It's, it's, it's also the way that you're taught to give a three minute personal testimony. I was, God did, I am. You say you're, this is the way I was and it was darkness and it was broken and it was painful and it was in bondage and all of that. And then God broke in, God did. And then as a result of God breaking in, this is now where I am. I'm in a higher place. I'm free. I'm peaceful. I'm, uh, I, I'm in joy. I have life. I think with some of the podcasts I listen to, they are real. And I don't feel like these people are trying to say, this is how you should do it. Like Jordan Peterson. I don't listen to him a lot, but he's pretty honest about how difficult and the suffering that he lives through and goes through. But I don't think he's... That's not a big theme of his. That he's pretty, he what focuses a lot thing? on content. He's a lot more on thinking clearly, thinking rightly, speaking insight into things that are not simply mainstream media. Well, then maybe that's why I find that whole genre much more interesting than let's fix this person and give you a formula. Well, I, so here's the thing. Am like, I jumping all over the place? I feel like no, I'm really making this Well, difficult. where did we, where did we? <laughs> Excuse me. <How> disruption. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we got into this because... You're being honest. I said, I'm being honest, I'm being authentic, I'm being real about these changes that have happened in me in the last couple of weeks, and these changes are significant. 
And so I was talking about what was it that made the change, right? I've had these apps on my phone for how long, and it was easy to fall into patterns, into bad habits. I wasn't looking at sinful stuff on the internet, but I was wasting time, which is a sin. Was I really using my my energy, the energy of my day, or would it be dissipated in things that just weren't noble? They weren't holy. Um, and so it's like, wait a minute, let me recover a contemplative spirit. Let me let me see what life would be like if I just got rid of those apps. Would I really miss it? And it's amazing. I barely miss it at all. Um, it was way easier than I thought to nice. get rid of those apps um, that were my go-to apps when I would walk between the bathroom and the kitchen, you know, or when, you know, it doesn't even matter what you're doing. Any in-between or not even in between would be an opportunity to put on a, a YouTube video or a, you know, even if it was a holy thing, like a homily or whatever. No, just it's all gone. So there's that. And then the, the working out thing. Um, do I value getting in shape? Do I value being in shape? Yeah. But boy, what does it take for me? It takes a time, effort, commitment, energy, focus. I've got to make that a higher priority than other things. And I just wasn't willing to do that. So the question becomes, how did I get to do that? How did I go from not going to the gym to going to the gym every day or even twice? And the answer is, I was going to say Carrie. Uh, well, then I was going to say a big fight. Well, then I could say a big fight with Carrie. <laughs> That's the disruption. Well, was it a big fight? Well, was it a big fight? Was it? Do we want to say spiritual warfare? Demonic? I think our relationship was underperforming. Nice. I got that out of a book. Wow. And you were underappreciated. <gasps> hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Write that down. Hold on. Let's, let's just keep going. Hey, we allowed each other to disrupt each other. We were given space to speak into each other's lives. Yeah, I think that, um, I think we, yeah, we did speak in a way that was disruptive. It was, we didn't stay in the normal, like, we didn't just stay in our lane, the normal lane of saying, here's, I'm going to challenge you. And that's going to lead to the same level of response. Yeah. I don't know what it is lately, but I've been very irritated, sad. I think I use that word a lot by, by mediocrity. I feel like maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. I feel like there's things I do in my day to day in our family culture that has become it's not that, okay, we have a great life. Okay, I don't even like when people say that. What does that even mean? I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to settle for less. However, I say that, and then when it actually comes to the hard work, I'm not so quick. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just something about... That, that's a natural thing to say, I see the way in which your spouse is not living a... A great life. It, it's it. Uh, doesn't have to just be your spouse. It's easier to to see the flaws in others and ask them to up their game because it's so obvious that those are flaws and it's so obvious that they need to. They don't sadden me. I'm not sad when I see other people living their life. I'm like, that's their life. I'm fine with that. I think I'm more sad when it's our identity or our 
union or our married life, that we are joined, that there is a, a, a partnership when you are married. And so it makes me sad if I feel, okay, we're almost 30 years in, does it go deeper? Does it get more real? Does it become more sacrificial in a beautiful way? I mean, we're not, obviously, we're not seeking after a cross, like if one of us got really sick or, you know, something tragic happened in our lives. But so at what point do you say, I want more out of life. I want more for our relationship. I want more from the Lord. I desire to live a life that's more worthy of what I've been called to in my mission. And so, I don't know. That's a hard question. That's a really hard conversation, I think, to have with a, with you or with your partner. If they're both not on the same page or... I th- or I'm just, I just feel graced that I can have this conversation. Sometimes life is just so busy. You're just trying to keep your head above water and survive. But I think with a lot of things that have happened in the last three months, and then prior to that, the last three years, I just have this awakening of God has more for us and he desires more and he longs for, like he's excited to see us grow into him and into holiness and into health. Um, Tom, if you're not encountering resistance, you're not changing. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a a magnet on a refrigerator. I just read this dumb quote. All right, we're we're up again. That's a perfect time to take a break. When we come back, I want to go back to that real sharing, the authentic sharing that you've been doing. It's really beautiful. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. All right, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with Carrie, and we're talking about my lovely wife, and we're talking about uh, disruption and disruption as a gift. And it's a it's a very difficult gift to receive. It's like I want I don't I don't want that gift. Like let's let's not sign for it at the door, and let's certainly not unwrap it. But today on the program we are talking about the ways in which the Lord will use disruption to bring about something new, a whole new level of living your life of faith. But it's going to require a change in lifestyle, a change in even the deepest things. So, Carrie, you mentioned that there was this sense of, I don't want to settle for less. I've got one life to live. This is my, now kind of using more my language. Yeah, and I don't mean to use your language because I think <clears throat> it lives in me differently than it lives in you. Mm-hmm. But there is this sadness when I see myself wasting time. So what's funny is you have one of the, like, here's another disruption. You came to me... Um, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago when you were saying, 
Tom, I'm reflecting on what does it mean that the two become one in marriage? And do you remember that? Yes, like identity. That, that, that's in that somehow my identity is wrapped up with you. And what does that mean? Because we had, I think, a, like a surface level idea of that when we were engaged. And, you know, I was, you know, it takes two eyes to make a we. And uh, I'm more fully me because of you. And all of that, It's it was almost more poetic and, you know, with spiritual flourish than like through the furnace kind of thing. Um, but it's circled back around again. And I'm like, I haven't really thought about that so much. And here's what I mean. When I think about living a life that's worthy of the calling that I've received, I tend to think of myself alone. Even meaning not first of all in relationship to you. In other words, I'm fulfilling my calling by being your husband or even by being my uh, being a father to my kids, but more in terms of I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm going to be a witness to him in the world. What did your confessor say to you that struck you about three weeks ago? I don't remember. What did he say? He gave you advice on Oh, yeah, that's right. See, see how long it's been? <laughs> <laughs> he was, be- yes, he said. You're pointing at me like, <laughs> I, now I remember. That's so cool. Well, I think that ties into it. Yeah. Because when he said that to you, it made me want to be that as a mom. Nice. But with a different word. Yeah. He said, my call is to be the husband of a magnificent wife. <laughs> nice. That's right. And that I should not, always be encouraging my wife to be magnificent in every dimension of our relationship. Okay. Okay. Move along. What did he say? He said, recognize that your call is to be a magnificent father. Oh, that's what he did say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He used the word magnificent, like which, magnanimous. or Yeah, there. magnificent, which he had no idea. He didn't know who I was. Yeah. And he had said, because he had said, what did I say to you last time you were here? And I'm like, father, this is my first, my first go at this with you. Oh. And, and he said, be a magnificent father. And he didn't know that. Magnificence in life and leadership is my word. My company, <laughs> my LLC yes. is the Mill Institute. Magnificence in life and leadership, and magnificence is striving to do something great in this world. How do you extend yourself to do something great for God in this world? Be magnificent. Be magnanimous. Mm, we have mm, great soul. Good. So good stuff. I I think that when you said. Honey, what does it mean that two become one? And now you add to it that other layer that my call is to be a magnificent father. I went from just hearing you identify the gap that exists. Let me translate that. Hearing you complain. <laughs> about, I'm not laughing, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just listening. Go ahead. Well, your your gift is to identify the gap. And, and my gap is that I focus too much on the gift. <laughs> Does it, do you think this is funny? It is, yeah. it is funny. Well, is this excuse a, me. Excuse maybe me. this is hey, how folks, you do if you're going to get word. married, look, make sure you marry someone that's on the gift side, okay? It's All right. A, it's a... Dad, I knew I was marrying a fixer-upper. It's okay. I'm, I'm fine with my, voca- my mission here. 
<laughs> but you have to marry someone who's enjoyed being fixed up. So. You did not mind the first 20 years. <laughs> I know. And then we went to the counselor. And, and I was I like, said, hey, you got to push back. I was you like, ah, oh, there's just no hope. Okay, just wear whatever you want. That's fine. <laughs> just don't even. Okay, sorry. I'm just laughing at, uh, I've been thinking back to when we first came to your family in Boston. And I had you all like gel in your hair. You like this new haircut, new really? clothes. Oh my goodness, your mom just must have died thinking, what is she doing to my son? Or maybe she was excited about it. Yes, I do remember. You should have been, and I don't even know if you noticed. <laughs> so funny. Anywho's, so back to. So back to the idea of the gift of disruption. Um, I bring it up because there are some folks listening that I'm going to encourage you through just hearing this story. This is just one of a, I don't know, if we stop and reflect back how many times in our lives the Lord advanced us. He took us into a new realm, not just a slight improvement. Hmm. You call it a step function improvement hmm. where you're moving along and all of a sudden it's not just a gradual rise, but it's 90 degrees up and now you're operating at a different level. And it doesn't mean you get, you'll always guaranteed to stay there. It might be mm -hmm. a grace of the moment that the Lord wants to sink into you. And it's a matter of saying, can I receive that gift? H how do I be sure to receive that gift? And it's, frankly, it's a day-to-day -day decision. Day-to-day -day decision. Because, you know, even in the last couple of weeks, with regards to the gym and the and the apps, uh, the use of the, of the smartphone, um, if I'm not vigilant, if I'm not attentive, if I'm not um, intentional at the beginning of my day, and I'm not, uh, if I'm not acting with solicitude in the course of my day, just like all those words. Yep. Attentive, yes. solicitude, uh, diligent, intentional. Do those all have specific they meanings? They do. They all have very specific meanings to me. You're just not listing a bunch of adjectives. No, I'm not. Um, that, in fact, I might fall back. I might that fall off that cliff and come back to where we were. What does solicitude mean? Solicitude is a type of um, devoted and um, like a zealous guardianship of something. Okay. When you have a solicitude over something, you have a watchfulness that has a degree of um, vigor. It's a vigorous watchfulness. Hmm. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So when you have a solicitude for something, it's like a vigorous care and watchfulness to say, I'm going to protect this thing. Um, yeah, I, do you know where I first got that word? No. Was uh, in a document. Uh, uh, that came out on priestly celibacy after the Second Vatican Council. And it mentions solicitude several times. And I can remember circling that word and focusing on it. And it was, if I remember that sense of celibacy is this gift, it's a call that's a gift that will not be received and nurtured unless you relate to it with solicitude. Unless you have a sense of watchfulness and care, the gift of celibacy as this sense of being singularly given over to the Lord 
it, it can diminish. It, can, it won't flourish. So it was a very powerful word. It still is for me. I don't use it often. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned several words. Yeah, so having a sense of attentive, right? Attentiveness is, you know, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the course of your day, you might just float downstream. That's right. Yeah, that you just often get happens. Distracted and dispersed. Intentional means you're not just going to get dispersed into many things. You're going to say, "Why am I doing this? How many times did I say to you, I'm not going to do that? I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I, I'm no, I'm, I'm not, or in my own mind saying, oh, I sit down and I pick up my phone, but oh, there's nothing to look at on my phone except for an email." And I, there's nothing to look at there. So just put the phone down and it's easier to pay attention to the Lord in prayer. So there's, there's those disruptions. But then there is the, so the disruption that comes through witness. But there's also the disruption that can come through community. So on Monday, we have an opportunity for disruption. It's happening at St. Mary's at 6.30 in the evening. And I would love for you to be part of it. It's our next six-session series on going deeper into prayer. And so, Catholics, if you're in the Spokane area, if you're between Spokane and Coeur d'Alene or in this listening area, I would love for you to come out and get ready for a disruption mm. to deeper prayer. Mm -hmm. you're, gonna, you're going to be disrupted in your understanding of prayer, by being informed by a scriptural and Catholic understanding of different aspects of the life of prayer. And if you're willing to receive it, the Lord's going to do something new in you. Step function increase. Step function increase. I just love that. That is so cool. Where'd you hear that word? Step, Step function? It's like an engineering term, a mathematical term. Oh, okay. So, um, so on... Monday nights, 6.30 to 8.30 at St. Mary's, we are going to have six sessions on going deeper in prayer. 6.30, we, we have prayer and song. Around 7 o'clock, I'll begin the teaching. And on Monday, I'm, gonna, on Monday, I'm talking about heavenly prayer. That is something I really value. Isn't that that matters. Heavenly prayer. That changes things. Yeah, if you knew, if you knew that... Right now, on earth as it is in heaven, you can begin to experience the prayer of heaven on earth. You can begin to ready yourself for heavenly life here on earth. Thy kingdom come. What does that look like? Well, it looks like praise and worship. Don't, shh, don't say anything else, because then they won't come. You'll like give the whole talk away. Okay, so <laughs> come on out. Hour-long talk. There's going to be a discussion afterwards and fellowship. And you know what? When you're together with others, guess what's easier? disrupting the pattern. Yes. I think accountability is a huge piece to this. I think as we've been trying to both grow, so I have areas that I'm also disrupted and I'm trying to grow in and they're pretty significant and some of them aren't, but us keeping each other accountable, I'm not recommending this, but I just find it can be really encouraging and helpful. But how do you grow deeper in prayer and in faith and in discipleship unless you unless you join or sign up for or be a part of some kind of formation it just doesn't really happen on one's own it's really effort. hard it's, it's really, really hard. difficult to 
to say, I'm going to change how I'm living by myself. I'm going to change those patterns. Or just, so, well, it's not necessarily by yourself. You think, well, I go to church a couple of days a week, or I you know, belong to maybe a Bible study. But I don't know. I feel like for me, it takes so much more than that. Yep. Let's talk about that more in a minute. It's time for a break. Back in a minute with more on Faith and Family with my wife, Carrie. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. If you're enjoying this, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Go to Apple Podcasts or even easier, go to mycatholicfaith.org and do me a huge favor. You'd be a great blessing to me. Go to Apple Podcasts, like or is it like it or subscribe? I don't know. Subscribe and give it a five star review. <laughs> five stars. Give it a five. Hey, what would you like that? What will that do for your show? So what happens is if they give a five star review and then they actually comment on that um, and subscribe to it, Apple pays attention. Apple Podcasts, and so but when wouldn't Catholics, you need? Wouldn't you need like a thousand people to do it? Or I don't know. 500 people. Uh, let's start with 10 and then 100. And Why don't then, you just use one of those... Um, Constant contact? No, no. What? Those fake... What's it called when you have fake numbers? <laughs> those bots. You know, like they said, they realized like Twitter was one third of Twitter oh, followers were, accounts. were all these accounts that weren't real. I've, obviously, I'm not recommending that. That's not honest. But it just seems to be chasing after something. I'm like, Lord, if you want this to be what it should be, then you'll grow it in your way. I don't know. I just So was, Carrie's disrupting my little marketing call. I just or, cannot deal with the marketing piece I know, of everything. It's something that everybody does it, so I do it now and then. I uh, know, and I just... Just let it go. Don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, I just like, you don't... Yeah, if people need to hear it, they'll but hear it. But what about that idea of the human... You know, you're uh, clever as a serpent and innocent as a dove. Does that apply here? Like... Do the things that the people of the world do, but do them better and be holy at the same time. Or are you saying that it's just, it's just less divine? It's less supernatural if you just say it's. I I, I think of it like the story of a soul. I think if we were talking about real estate or we were talking about some kind of business that way, I wouldn't feel bad about it. But because it's to deal with God, who is all giving, generous. Um, he's in control of all, then I feel dirty or I feel like manipulating people to, I don't know, because it has to do with spirituality and, and our relationship with God, then I don't want to market it. It feels like it's dirty. It's like, yeah. and I'm not saying that what you're doing is bad at all. That's what people do. And a lot of people make a very good, I mean, they need to do it to make a living. Right. I don't think you need, you're not making your living off of your ministry Although you do bring in income. Yeah, but Carrie, see, my message is know. so important that it needs to get out <laughs> then there. Then if it's then done people, really well, then it God, will get out there. You know, let God take like, care of it. Let, not even God, let your excellence take care of your excellence. <gasps> nice. I is don't that, know how to say it. I'm not... Yeah. 
I, I don't know. It just sits wrong with me when I see all these emails from people about sign up for this, join us on this, come follow us here, go give us a like there, subscribe there. And I know they need to do that because they're building a business. They're building what if a I nonprofit. Do it as a contest, right? Like, go sign up, and then we'll find out who signed up, and then we'll give you a ten dollar gift card. That was a joke, Carrie. I know, I know. Yeah. I should. Yes, all those ways of jumping. It's just. It's like online gymnastics. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> no, it's true if you think about it. Like, um, who's one of the most popular and most influential teachers of the spiritual life today? I don't know. It's Father Jacques Philippe. Oh. Well, he's done literally nothing to promote and market himself. He's just a holy priest living a holy life who was giving some talks, and those talks got recorded, transcribed, and all of a sudden he's his books are in 16 languages and he's traveling around the world. Don't you remember when we interviewed him? Yes, yes. He's like, I don't even know what happened. I don't. He's you know, it's so like, funny. I, he he didn't have a he didn't have a director he's, of marketing and in a budget. He so. was very carefree. Yeah. Unlike, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think it. God just bring the word to who needs to hear it. Amen. And bring us to the people that we need to hear. So disrupt. Disrupt. Disrupt <laughs> the normal way of saying, God, this is how things are going to get bigger. And just say, Lord, yeah, should I even desire that? I shouldn't even desire that. Okay, let's come back around. We were talking about the prayer meeting and talking about, oh, I didn't tell them what to do. <laughs> Go to mycatholicfaith.org. <laughs> You can sign up for the I'm podcast. I'm not helping you. You can sign up for the podcast, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So do, if I mean, if you can't make it to the talk on Monday night, then that is a good thing. But to go like it and give me stars, that's a whole different level of... Okay. Well, if you if you can't make it on Monday nights to the teachings, they will be posted on our YouTube channel and on my Facebook page. Can I mention those, Carrie? Yeah. Since God, that way the great. teachings get out. Yeah, no, I think All that's right. great that you want to get your teaching out and people want to hear it because they can't make it, they can't drive at night, they're older, the weather's going to start to turn, then it's great. But it's the whole promoting myself by liking it and sharing. Uh, that's the part that I'm like, let I it repent. be uh, and dust, organic. Dust and ashes. I surrender. <laughs> Lord Jesus, have mercy. Okay. So Monday nights, super excited, 6.30 to 8.30. Love to have you there beginning this Monday, October 3rd. Come on out, St. Mary's in Spokane Valley. Father Lewis, his parish. And you're doing seven weeks? Six weeks. Six weeks, not okay. including think, uh, Not including Halloween. Oh, yes. So it starts on, on the Monday. 3rd. It ends on like the 14th of November. And so it's six Mondays uh, in a row. And do you know how much it costs? Uh, it's 25 a night, 10 a night, 3 a night. For you, a special deal, free. Free. It's free. Big nice. old free. So come at 6.30 for songs and prayer, teaching at 7, fellowship, fellowship afterwards, like fellowship. discussion. And and then we'll also have uh, prayer teams to pray with people who have need. Okay. So that's why it's going to disrupt. It's just going to disrupt what people haven't typically experienced. And get ready. Just be open to that. I think we should, disruption. on Halloween night, we should do a party. Like an all Hallowsy oh, be party at our house or something. Because nice. our kids go, like we do trick-or-treating. And we have a great neighborhood. Like they get anywhere Shh, from 8 to 12 king size. There's no one that wants to come up here because we're on a hill and it's a lot of walking. And you have a lot of older people. And older and retired people. they have people. these wonderful memories and they get big candies. They and get they the big, big candy bars. Buckets. And yeah, it's pretty. You're like, why don't you get you a just lot take of loot handful? here? Yeah, <laughs> they get a lot of loot. There's That's a lot of awesome. So we should just do like uh, all Hallows Eve party. Yeah, night. are you gonna do blessing? Are you gonna booing? 
Are we booing people this year? Yeah. I, you know, there's so many traditions we do that I'm just tired. I'm like, I, why did I start all these these activities? There's so many to keep up with. The kids said they would do it. Oh, if wow. I purchased the items, they would put everything together. And I think we'll just pare it down and do it a lot more simply or simpler. Um, it's such a, it's such a tradition. I don't know how we wouldn't, but I don't know. So this t- tonight, this is Thursday, but Friday night we're having eight young ladies stay at our house. So I've been busy cleaning sheets. It's disruption. Washing walls, washing trim, do washing the most ridiculous things in our, in the house, in the bedrooms, in the bathrooms, because I like things a certain clean, but I don't ever clean spaces that are downstairs because I don't live down there and I don't mind. My kids can be, a, you know, live in a messy spot. It doesn't bother me so much. Anyhow, now that we're having company, it's like, oh, I've got to go clean all these rooms and make sure that they, um, everything's done right. So that's been two full days of just cleaning, 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 which is a great thing. I'm motivated to get everything ready, but um, it's going to be such a gift to have all these girls here. I'm really excited. They love the Lord, and they Who go to Who are these a, girls? It's a classical Christian school in Pasco, and they're coming to play. It's just three hours away, and they're coming to play two different volleyball games, one on Friday against our team and the Oaks and one on Saturday. But they travel three hours, and they have to get hotel rooms when they come. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Just stay at our house. So then I got a couple of my friends involved, and so they're having some at their house. Another one's hosting an, like a fun evening. Um, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's community. It's a blessing to them. It's, I don't know, maybe I'll regret it when it's all said and done, but I just, I would think it makes sense. Why would you not open up your homes to these nice families? They have to travel for all their games three hours because they're in the middle of nowhere. Well, I think, I don't even know what the Tri-Cities area is. It's Pasco, Kennewick. Yeah. And what's the third Richland. City? Oh, good for you. Because mm-hmm. at Trader Joe's today, they didn't know what the three cities were. And I was going to Trader Joe's to get the best foods that we buy there to treat these girls because they don't have Trader Joe's. And I was asking them, is there a Trader Joe's in the Tri-Cities? Do you guys know? And I was like, okay, great. We're getting the chocolate croissants. We're getting the chocolate peanut butter cups. We're getting... It's <laughs> a lot of chocolate. Um, and just, I don't know. I was just excited to to celebrate them and be you know, a gift to them. I'm very, this has nothing to do with anything. No, it, uh, actually it is tired. so good. <laughs> Why? Because it's about disrupting the ordinary flow of oh, activity in the house. Yes. And look what happens as a result. There's a cleansing that yes. happens because you're open to receive in. Yes. That's good, Tom. Right? I don't want to be, me- I don't want to have a mediocre house. I want it to be excellent. I want it. And so what does it take for it you to get that go house to the next level. to the next level of cleaning and organizing and, and cleansed of other stuff? so good. It literally took a disruption of even who's sleeping in the house. Yeah. The and boys I, are kicked out. I put that upon me because I knew that's what I need. Like when we had father over for dinner the other day, he, it was a kind of a last minute thing, but we had the most beautiful Sunday meal because father was coming over. And so I had to up my game. It's like, I need outside disruptors to call out excellence from me. I will live a very mediocre kind of whatever life day to day. But when people, when I'm involved in mission and doing something for others, even though I grumble sometimes, (laughs) it just, 
brings out excellence or just another level of performance that I love. I get excited about it. I get energetic about it. I'm passionate about it. Like, let's do this. But when it's not and it's just us, I don't know. I just get comfortable and sit back. Yeah. Carrie, thanks for sharing that. It's, uh, again, it's a great insight. And I think that folks, when you hear that, think about it. Think about extending yourself in a way that might bring something out of you because the Lord wants to do something new and more in you. Okay, we're up against a break. When we come back, more with Carrie Curran talking about faith and family. Welcome back to the program. It is great to be with you. So today, Carrie, we're talking about disruption. And um, one of the things that you had asked me was, well, how do we help people get to disruption? And I said, oh, I've got three ways. The first way was um, by being willing to share. If you're willing to give a testimony of how a disruption changes your life, you can help lead others to do the same. The second was what you just talked about, which was you're opening our home to um, this group of volleyball players, these girls, um, that that disrupted the whole flow of our house in a way that then led you to say, I've always desired my house to be cleaner, get to the next level, to get to the next level of ordering and, and, and minimizing and like all the things that you showed me, you walked around, said, appreciate this. <laughs> you have no idea. Why did you tell everyone I walked you through <laughs> Oh, I, <laughs> oh, did you listen? Did you go look at all the clean spaces because you saw my excitement and enthusiasm, or are you just yeah, being a good that, husband? And you said, "Come and see it in and Jesus' like, holy name." If you don't, so, I'll be very disappointed. Yeah, you were. Well, you were proud of it, be, and I could not believe how hard you were working. You worked so hard because of the disruption that those girls provided. Because you said yes, your yes welcomed a disruption into your life. Well, I think people will do that kind of thing. They will agree to host something or they'll agree to to serve in some capacity. And it it brings out of us something that we didn't even know was there. And, it, and even in the midst of it, you're like, okay, keep going, keep going, because you have to up that game. But then when I look back, I'm thinking, how did I do that? Like I look back at some of the things I've done in my past and think, I just could not see myself doing that. And then, of course, we'll be doing a bunch of it in the future. Well, here's the thing, Carrie. There's another way. And we've talked mostly about disruptions. Like you chose to intervene in my life to say, um, I'm going to disrupt how you're living here and really challenge you to change the pattern. And so I talked about two things. I just talked in there's other things, but just to say working out in, in the cell phone apps, that's just two things. Um so that's one, is you're challenged by someone else. The third is you say, the second is you say yes yourself, right? You choose it. So you chose to say yes to that, welcoming the girls in. Folks, you're listening, you can choose to go to that prayer meeting. The third is this, it was chosen for you. You were chosen by God to be in this moment. And God was not caught off guard by the, the toxic craziness that's happening in this world. And so whether you would choose to disrupt your life or not, your life is getting disrupted. And we know that because we've lived that. We've been here three years now, but it took a disruption to get us here. 
And so many folks that have been listening to these programs have experienced their own form of disruption of their ordinary life. And it's going to continue. This is not stopping. So the, the painful challenges, the tragedies, the, the, the toxic suffering, uh, the, the, the demonic atmosphere that is settling on different institutions and coming uh, out into the open through different policies, it's going to disrupt your life. Whether you choose it or not, it's coming, it's here, and it's happening. And that's going to cause people to move, not literally move, but just change something. It, it's, it's, I keep calling it the Elijah moment. You know what it is? It's Hurricane Ian. Hmm. Ian? Ian. Sounds like you said Ian. Ian. Hurricane Ian. Yes. Right? So we're, we're talking about this. You'll hear this on Friday, so a couple of days ago. How many of you were glued to the TV, right? I was listening. I love this. I was listening to... What's it called? I got my app, iHeartRadio, and I put in Tampa Bay, Florida, and I was listening to all the news reports down there, and they had all people calling in from all over the area and where the hurricane was and just how horrific and scary it was, and people that had been down, that had lived there for over 40 years said this is by far the worst they've ever seen, the worst they've ever experienced, but I was felt like I was part of the Floridian people, I guess. You had solidarity. I know, but whenever there's a disaster, I go on iHeartRadio and I go on their news platform and hear it directly from the towns that are being disrupted. You want the local. It's, I want the local feel and the people. They're talking about the counties, the towns. It's like, you know, this whole area. I have no idea what they're talking about. I had to pull up my map, uh, but I was just glued to listening to it as I was cleaning. <laughs> okay. So, so you're talking about this on Friday or with the the disruption. Folks, you don't realize it, but you're living and Hurricane Ian is coming. There's a Hurricane Ian that is going to hit the, uh, that's hitting the state of Washington. It's hitting Northern, Northern Idaho. It's hitting the listening area of this program. There's a hurricane that is, and it's, it's more destructive than you imagine. And you're going to make a choice. You can hunker down and hide and try to wait it out, but you can't not know that it's there. That's just so depressing. I, why are you, why are you going there? Why Wait, am I going there? You know why? Okay, so I'll tell you why. why do you I'll, I'll so keep it super brief. Super, super okay. brief. Um, folks that have seen the documentary "What Is a Woman" um, got to be introduced to um, a fellow named Scott Nugent, who is a is someone who fully transitioned from a a, a woman to a man, and experienced and still experiences the her, the horrors of it. Um, I've had a chance to talk to him now um, a few times. And um, he is giving me insight into just how horrific this is. And it's starting to finally bubble up onto the surface, the horrors of medical transitioning of kids who are being socialized into the idea that they, um, that they need to transition medically transition uh, through hormone therapy and surgeries and all of this, that is, that's a hurricane. So don't you think that's going to stop once they get these testimonies out there? Won't it? No, no way. Alleviate all this craziness? No, 
No, the 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 mainstream media and the and the powers, the media powers that control outlets on the internet, they are going to shut that stuff down. They're going to lock it down. They're going to keep it down. And the forces that are arrayed against it are violent. They are demonically inspired to attack, attack, attack. So you're saying this is going to continue and it's going to get worse. It's going to get. It's going to get worse. We're not. It's not going to like hit a you know, like a pendulum swing and then swing back to more normalcy. It, that, how long is that going to take and how much damage is it going to be? Is it going to be like 55 years, like Roe versus Wade, hmm. that this is going to happen? Or what's it going to take to get this to wake up? Because it's so violently destroying kids. One of the points that Scott made to me was, he said, you know why this stuff goes under the radar? Because it's not hitting... Sam the quarterback and Susie the cheerleader. It's all the l- it's less, all the kids that the the that don't the, value it's the island of misfit toys. It's the kids that don't fit in. It's the it's the downtrodden, the depressed, the kids that are on the margins, the kids that don't have the the they're not flourishing, and they mm. just prey upon these kids. It's it's horrific, and you know it's like okay, we can say that stuff out loud, but it, we're not getting into the details. That's the hurricane. The hurricane is you got to get close to the local. You got to mm. get to the local stories. You got to get to the local news feeds and say, "This house is destroyed. This family is destroyed. This life is destroyed. This this kid's entire future is destroyed because of how they were, of what they were taught, what they were sh- uh, shepherded into, um, sadly, and what was promoted, permitted, and advanced in schools, including sadly Catholic schools. It's sick. It's it's destructive. It's demonic." Come on, bishops. Let's go. Speak up, man. Stand up. Stand up. Speak Fight out. Back. Push back. So we need discipleship. We need discipleship. We need our. We need to be discipled. The larger moment. How long will you straddle Let's the go. issue? If the Lord is God, follow Him. If Baal, follow Him. Yeah. The people didn't respond. We still live predominantly in a moment where people don't want to respond. They think that they can just live their comfortable lives with their premier soccer teams and their club volleyball and their AAU basketball. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want to disrupt any of that. God forbid. Right? All right. I'm having a good day, dear. I'm having a good day. Mm -hmm. So, but the call is to realize disruption is going to impact us in ways that we can't imagine. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to lead to cleansing that sanctifying cleansing it's going to lead to holiness and that's what i'm excited about well carrie thank you for walking me through the program it's a it's a real blessing all right god bless you all join me on monday with father jeff lewis uh and there'll be more sound insight god bless your day